0: All right, we should be live now. We're back again. Welcome to the Deep Weeb Podcast, a podcast about uh, immersion based learning without sacrificing personal development and other deep things like who is Alexander? I'm Kanji. I'm Jordan. yeah so alexander Alexander, you're you're our first guest on on the podcast uh thanks so much for joining us for this um we came into contact because uh you've also been developing some anki add-ons i've done some work with that uh in the past and i still maintain a couple uh but yeah go ahead and tell us a bit about the uh the mystery the man himself alexander Alamayu.
1: Yeah, so uh, I actually practiced before I came on the show. Uh, I'm really glad to be invited. Thank you very much. I've actually never been a guest on the show before. So hey there, listener. My name is Alexander, and I'm an open source developer. So I make free tools to help people learn better, faster, and easier with Anki and Notion. And one of my current public projects is uh, Notion to Anki, and uh, it's being used by people all around the world. So it's awesome, and I'm really glad that I'm able to help. People in their learning journey because Anki can be very difficult, and uh, I hope that it's going to be less challenging, but still challenging. for
0: Completely agree people. with you. We haven't gotten too deep yet into our our struggles and fun with Anki, uh, but I think we'll probably uncover a little bit of that today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into the next section of the show, which is uh, where we have this interactive chat piece. Um, and if anyone what, what we usually do in this part is any goal that somebody is working on, it could be encouraging to see how other people are making progress with something that they're passionate about or at least focused on uh, making progress towards. So in the last two weeks since our last podcast, if you've done anything that uh, you're proud of or that you're making headway with, you're trying out a new thing that seems to be giving you some gains, like go ahead and post that in a chat and we will shout, shout that out. Uh, but in the meantime, while you guys are typing away at that... Uh, Alexander, what, what are your goals right now and what are you making progress towards?
1: So, uh, to be honest, like the, what I'm trying to do right now with notion to Anki is to grow it. So I'm trying to make it more useful for people because, uh, I was with a friend of mine Turarin, he's learning Japanese too. So we were sitting at his, his he lives at his mother's place still, but he's on the way to move out. So we were sitting on the couch and we talked about uh, potential things uh, projects to uh, work on and i've always wanted to work on a project which i could work on for a long time and uh, one of the challenges he had with learning japanese is that the card creation part is really mm. painful he mm-hmm. uses five different tabs whenever he's creating a card he has gisho.org. he has to figure out the mnemonic he has to go to forvo and download uh, mp3 file so he's a uh, Um, creative person. He creates art. He draws a lot. And uh, for him, it seemed like there has to be a better way Mm -hmm. to do what he's doing, right? And there are some add-ons which automate some of this manual stuff. And one of the things uh, we discussed was the card creation part. But the Mm -hmm. Anki has a lot of issues. Even the onboarding is problematic. People start using Anki and then they give up. So I wanted to tackle the card creation part. And that's what I'm trying to do now. That's my main goal To Hey, I'll, I see uh, someone in the chat.
0: Hello, <laughs> welcome. So, welcome. Cool to see you. Uh, so so, so that's, that's the piece that you're focusing on right now is the... Yeah,
1: card creation. So, but like specific goals, it's like, I'm trying to get um, my uh, community to grow to like, um, the public goal is 100,000 mm-hmm. users, right? And the not public code <laughs> is 300,000 users because the, the idea is to, <laughs> so don't tell anybody, please listeners, don't, don't share it. Here, yeah. This is a secret. So we want to.
0: DeepWeb yeah, exclusive.
1: users and then we're going to do. <laughs> exactly. So a 1% conversion rate. So if you know about the super fans, uh, uh, there's an article written by someone where you Convert your user base. So you essentially have similar stuff even in reddit. Most people don't produce content They are actually lurkers. So you actually have to have a big uh, Audience and then you will get the small conversion rate. So uh, in my case the conversion rate is patreon where people go and support me on patreon. So I'm um, I'm hoping like ideally I should help as many people as possible with this tool and and uh, I still think that uh, Anki has a long way to go. It's even just on version two point three five. No, sorry, two mm-hmm. one three five. And uh, I think yeah, there's a lot of great opportunity so, for Anki.
0: So specifically, I would say okay. So 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 with Notion to Anki and what what you're building there, what any any breakthroughs or things that you've been focusing on it in the recent like last two weeks specifically, like what's been on your mind.
1: So, I don't remember all of the details, like, I don't even remember most yeah, yeah. of the stuff I did last week, but, like, the general, or like, one problem we have right now is that um, there are so many different people see, uh, using Notion to Anki, right? We have medicine students who are the, di- uh, the biggest group, and then we have language learners, and then we have people like me who abuse Anki and then mm-hmm. use it to learn anything, right? I'm not using Anki to learn stuff. I will just take an article on the web and then create multiple closed deletions and then just put it in Anki and then break down a complex article, for example. And that's not what Anki is meant for. And um, we, we have an issue where we're using the unit toggle lists, which is essentially a summary. And then you expand the summary with the detail. Right. right? And that's a simpler thing to explain to people because it's visually easy to understand than a flashcard because flashcards in themselves are not something you necessarily use a lot and know. But if you're using a note-taking system and you already know what the toggle is, where you have a summary and then expand it. But the problem I have tried to solve, and I think we found a solution, is how do you present those nested toggles if someone has hundreds of them, if someone has thousands of them? So I've been discussing with Alp who is here too uh, on UIs that we could use. And I think we found something and I'm prototyping it. So on our development branch, we have made some changes where we're gonna, one of the challenges, and I think this is also correct for upstream Anki, is that how do you make something simple? Like what is simple? If you have someone who's learning German and they're used Mm -hmm. to a lot of complexity and then you have someone learning Chinese who almost never uses a computer like where do you strike right. the balance right if you're going to try to serve these so distinct and different people mm-hmm. so it's a it's a real challenge and uh, i hope the ui ideas we have right now which we come up with a few of the last weeks is something that's going to work but the, the only thing we can do is make an experiment push it out make a youtube video about it show it to people and then get feedback and then make changes because we don't know what is simple before someone starts complaining about how hard it is. Right, with use, any so. software product yeah. you build,
0: yeah. like you need some sort of iteration cycle, right? So with that, I want to I want to kind of jump back to uh your your main premise here, which is Notion to Anki, and I I'm sorry, I still haven't actually tried out Notion itself, so I still haven't tried out Notion to Anki either. Mm. But uh, Notion is no. interesting but I, I haven't used it yet. And I'm, I'm guessing there's a fair amount of language learners that probably haven't learned used it yet either. So give us kind of a, a quick flash of what Notion is and why that's useful to uh, people learning things.
1: So the thing with Notion is it's not easy to understand. The first time I heard about it was uh, probably um, yeah, in February, something like that, the, earlier this year. And I thought it was a note-taking app. And that's what I tell people. So if someone asks me, what is Notion to Anki? I tell them it's a note-taking app. But it's not really that. It's actually more interesting than that. It's a knowledge base where you can use some predefined building blocks and then build your own system. So I made a video uh, a while back showing people how they could create their own workout templates. And that has nothing to I do saw with that, that. one oh great i hope you like yeah yeah
2: i liked it a lot
1: yeah yeah so it has nothing to do with note-taking it's like a workout schedule right it's like these are the days you work out so you can use notion and build a website with it you can use notion to build a custom to-do list you can build a dashboard you can essentially take information which is relevant for you and then group it and visualize it in a specific way so a notion because It's easy, visually appealing. It's easy to understand if you just experiment and try it out and look at other people's templates. And there is a big community notion. Like it's probably around the same size as the Anki community, maybe a little bit Hmm. smaller, but it's easy to get started. And uh, the initial entry is free. So you don't have to pay anything in the beginning. And what we did is like, I tried to look at the card creation process in Anki and I've been developing software for uh, like close to 10 years now and it's it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to build something right so I tried to attack the smallest problem I could attack and that's just the conversion part because if you're going to come up with a new UI it's kind of difficult right you yes. have to <laughs> dealing with input and output and uh, it's like yeah it's a challenge so uh Notion already provides this one part where writing is pleasant, right? Generating text, generating output is pleasant. So Notion to Anki just takes that and makes a bridge to Anki where it will map what you wrote over to Anki flashcards. But Notion to Anki itself is not perfect, right? Because Anki inherently has complements. I guess. How real, do you expose that quick.
0: UI? Yeah, yeah. Before before we get Sorry. too deep into the Anki to Notion part, just just again for the for the Notion mm-hmm. part, I'm still thinking thinking yeah. through kind of like how 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 you would realistically use this like outside of Anki in general. Because I think that's going to be kind of important. Like for for you to already mm-hmm. be using this thing, or or at least to take full advantage of it, you probably should be using this thing, and then that way you can if this notion piece is already integrated into your life, you can take advantage of that with Anki. Yeah, but not not necessarily. Not necessarily.
1: Yeah, because like I was talking with another uh, person who just uh, uh, wanted to ask me about specific parts because they just started using Anki recently and they learned about notion to Anki because I made a post in the subreddit about notion to Anki and they looked at the video and they thought, oh, this is a simpler way to make cards because Anki is confusing for them. Right? So they went ahead and learned about Notion okay. just to do that because we're streamlining, streamlining the process. Even our code, right, has some limitations because we're saying mm-hmm. this is what we support right now because we don't have a UI to expose this complexity. So we we are kind of limited, but... So I guess... Um, my-
0: my question still think, is around like yeah, Notion sorry. itself. Like I, I'm thinking about what I'm using already that's filling in that space that Notion is. So I use Google Keep to take take notes uh, and then I use Google Google Sheets yeah. to actually write down like sentences for language learning and that sort of stuff. And it sounds like Notion in theory. So so the pitch that I saw on it is that yes, you could use it for notes and that's that's yeah. what stuck out to me. But then it also has this like you said, like a, com- mm-hmm. I don't know, community, like almost like a wiki page style, like building WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get style of text creation. Mm-hmm. So in theory, you could build out something that like if you're in software, you might have worked with a tool called like Confluence. It's made by the same people that do JIRA. It's like like a wiki styled thing for like that's teams that, yeah. and like that sort of thing. And to share yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So is is mm-hmm. that more around like what Notion is standalone or what
1: that's an interesting uh take uh it can be it it's like notion itself has these building blocks right so it has a block and uh a block can be an image it can be a link it can be a background color it can be a page it can be a gallery it can be a kanban Mm -hmm. board right it can be like you, you can take all of those building blocks and you can build something like Jira, right? In notion
0: with like you actions can your own based on visual so, elements and that sort of stuff. Or like, is it mostly just so display? There's sure. going to
1: be some limitations. There's some limitations you're going to hit, but like you could, like, I haven't used a lot of the dynamic parts, but I've seen some people they they can go really, really far with it. And, um you're you don't have any custom javascript or something like that but the blocks um you can create a form like system right where uh stuff has these uh, custom fields right in ocean um a page has certain attributes you can add to it one one feature i like using is the image one where i can add a lot of Mm -hmm. previews everywhere and i really like that because like for me just a small touch a lot of previews help but it's I haven't personally used Notion in that direction that much. so I haven't hit the limitations. But so it's
0: like a sandbox for your text. I imagine it, it's, it has a very sandbox feel from from the way you describe it. Right. So yeah, so then. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but but you can build mm-hmm. your custom wikis, right? You can build your custom wikis. You can build a custom calendar. You could build a content calendar. You could build a really flexible to do list. You your workout build, routine uh, like
0: you talked about, um, right? So is that is that one way that you're actually already yeah. using Notion? Do you was that just for an example or d- is that something that you actually like really use like on a day-to-day basis or yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I use that uh uh I don't know if it's exactly sure. on a day-to-day basis because sometimes I I memorize the schedule yeah. and then I just execute. writing it down can be the first but step like, to memorizing uh, it going, today, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But earlier today, I looked at uh, this week and then I checked off everything. I updated all of my emojis and I checked the week was okay. And then I edited my template and then I created a new page from the template. Right. So I have the schedule for week 41. Uh, Yeah. So I use that one on a at least, uh, if not daily basis, on a weekly basis. But like it's it's very interesting that you're saying this and I'm definitely going to look it up. Like, what are the limitations with Notion? But for users it can enrich them their lives but for someone who's hearing this for the first time imagine google docs right or a word processing uh ui and then you could just go from the word processing ui to anki flashcards so imagine you're in word you're pasting in an image you're adding a line you're writing some text and that will become either the front or the back of your card and one thing that we're also doing which i'm very glad for the community is good with is that they're suggesting um, features, right? For example, closed deletion was something people wanted. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, yeah, but we need to have a simple way to expose this. So what is simplicity, right? What what how do you communicate something simple? And what we came up with was if we have a shortcut for it, and I, I like to say it, a shortcut we can explain to normal people, not someone who has a coding background or who has gone through HTML, CSS course, but someone who just reads the text, and then we'll tell them, this is the shortcut for doing this. And if they understand what we did with closed deletion, so we changed the word, uh, the meaning of code, like the code block in uh, HTML, Mm -hmm. for us means a closed deletion.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I wouldn't uh, personally, yeah, I would have never made that connection because I I like to have code in some of my cards and I wouldn't have considered that, but someone else proposed that when we were discussing it, Mm -hmm. right? And. They came up with that solution, and it's working really well. A lot of people are using so it. I'm, and I'm they curious, love that
0: Jordan, feature. do you use closed deletion at all with your Anki setup right now?
2: No, no. I did see, uh, I did see that. I also saw that video of, of the closed deletion because I was really intrigued, like, oh, wow, like, I've used it, I've used closed lesion in the past, but I haven't used it um now. But I know uh, so in the video they were using it like it was like the break your artery and some other artery. So I was like, oh, okay, so I see I see its use for the medical field and adding pictures and things like that. So like I really I see its benefits. I personally may not do it, but like I I you know I think it's I think it's good. One thing I wanna um I wanna add, so For me, what I've gotten from Notion, because before before hearing it from you, I I saw a lot of people use it, um, like you said, to plan out their schedules and things like that. But something it reminds me of kind of like an Evernote system. So I don't know if either Google is in Um, that same
0: bucket, right? Some cloud based note taking. Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things um, I, I feel like it's like taking your thoughts or your notes or learning, and it's kind of like organizing them into one little area. And one other, other thing that I liked about Notion, and that's why I'm ha- I'm glad you're here, Alexander, um, is its ability to link certain things. So for example, let's say um, one person said that they were studying, they were studying something from a textbook. And so let's say they were using uh, like a certain terminology. And so it's easy to link that. So then once your notes become larger and vaster and wider, it's like linked together. So it's easier for you to access like, oh, wait, where did I learn this word? Or like, what does this mean again? And you can click Mm -hmm. on it and it could link you to all the places that have that, you know, word in it. And so I think that kind of web, like mind web is like, is, is crazy for me. Because I'm like, whoa, if you're learning, like you said, medical field or in school or anything that connects, it's like keeping all those things connected is, Super.
0: It's important. really difficult to connect yeah. things inside of Anki. I don't know if you guys have ever tried that, yes. but like linking one yes. card to another card is almost impossible. Like you have to do hacky things. Right.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried that personally, but I, uh, one thing feature that I don't use a lot uh, that I've seen people mention is the tags. Yeah. And uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, people were asking me about it for a long time until we added. So in the notion to Anki, strike true, like, um, there's an HTML tag called strikethrough, which takes a text and then adds a line right. in the middle, right? You're striking through the text. Mm. That's essentially the shortcut we're using to add tags. Mm. And um, mm. it works. And I think you could create the linking behavior with the ta- tags in Anki, right? So you could, let's say you create, um, I like using this example, you have all of the capitals in uh, Europe. And then if you wanted to group Scandinavia you, or link them together, as you call it, then you would just add a tag that's scandinavia to those specific cards so that would yeah. kind of create the behavior but i don't i don't really use that a lot so uh but it wouldn't create the one uh, that linking from yeah. one side to another it would only yeah. create the linking of kind of grouping right uh one to uh, what's it called um one to many or many mm-hmm. to many yeah yeah so
0: i think right like that's
2: Many, if one, well, yeah, there's yeah, there's
0: yeah. different ones, right? One to many it, relationship versus this would be mm-hmm. one one tag has many other relationships. Oh man, bunch of software engineers exactly, in exactly, here.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. with the the specific thing that comes to my mind with that, I mean, this is this is getting off topic from like what what the tags do and what Notion does is doing like with kanji, right? Like you've got a sentence that has like a bunch of different kanji in it, and then like for me, I learned kanji using Heisig's uh, Remembering the Kanji. So it was it's a separate deck nice. that has all your all your flash cards that just have like one kanji on them. Right. But when you're actually going through your normal right. sentence right. cards and you're like, oh, well, wait, how what is this kanji here? I forgot how I learned that. I forgot my mnemonic for it. Your mnemonic is on the yeah. other card in the other deck. Yeah. Like, how do you link those things together? That's why, like, yeah. one of the things that I made was yeah. was a an add on that links just specifically those things like for Heizig's, but uh, yeah. like yeah, once, once you get into more complicated things, it's it's kind of a mess. But yeah, go ahead.
2: That I think the the only oh the only person I know who's done something similar is uh I don't know if either of you heard of Japanese Level Up. So his name is Adam. No. no so
1: he sorry. has
2: his own. Uh, yes, yeah, he has his own like SRS. He made his he own SRS too. I didn't so know that. One <laughs> thing that. Yeah. 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 And so like he, cause he says he sells like pre-made decks right. on his site. um, And one of the things that I loved is like, let's say he has a word like in the monolingual transition. So, you know, Japanese, Japanese sentences, he'll have like a word and let's say like, oh, wait, you know, you've learned there's like a definition. Uh, um, And that it's like, oh, you know, you know, this word that's in the definition, but you don't know where if you click it, it'll link back to the original card that it's from and nice. it'll show you. Like you can do that, and like, but like, I remember him saying on on the blog post, he was like, "This was like like painstakingly hard for him to do." He's like, "I think he had to manually do those things, so it wasn't like a a streamlined process." But like, I think the the ability to do that and to have those links is like tremendous, but like, at what cost, you know? And so like, I think that's one of the reasons why he like. The the prices are a little bit higher because he is manually doing it. He is doing that himself. But like, like you said, being able to 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 link those two together. So like, tags man, are I, tags are one way people do those,
0: yeah. right? And it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, what else? What's Notion to Anki? We're talking about how you essentially streamline the card making process, right? But what other things are you guys running into right now I'm that right. you you feel like are innovations for for making that a smoother process,
1: yeah. So uh, th- that's actually a, a huge topic, and uh, uh, like you just have to let me know when it gets too <laughs> detailed because, like, the add-on ecosystem stuff is something I've been complaining about for a long time. And uh, at some point, I'll probably do something about it. And uh, I've talked with Gillem, uh, one of the contributors upstream in Anki. And I think, like, we can't expect Damien to do uh, that kind of work because he has signaled his, uh, like, his preference. Right, add-ons are not officially supported in Anki. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And is Damien in the
2: creator of Anki? I'm,
1: I'm, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know him personally. I just know his name from uh, the GitHub, right? Where and okay. also from the yeah. manual. So um, I don't even know how he looks like. Just so you know. <laughs> But uh, like the Anki add-on stuff is not, um, it's not ideal. Uh, it's not ideal for us as users, uh, and also for the technical side, right? People who have technical background and can actually work around it. And it's horrible for the users. There are limitations, for example, the, you install an add-on, yep. you have to restart Anki. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking changes. So there yes. are... All- These are concrete problems, and I think it's better to talk about the problems than the solutions, because the solutions I have in mind don't exist today. So it's like fairy talk, like uh, wishful thinking. But I want to address some of those topics when I have better time. And um, I hope to uh, I have some ideas around like, is there some other could we revamp the Anki add-on uh, infrastructure and propose something new. Is there something we could do in Rust that can provide some kind of uh, ABI, like an application binary interface, that's more stable? And so that when you make an add-on today, it works for 10, 15 years instead of the yeah, i don't think, but
0: no, but yeah. like like let's let's just be honest about the situation, which is every time you update Anki, there's a good chance all of your add-ons will break. Because, I mean, luckily on the minor versions, it's not as bad, but because they've been doing so much work on the Anki side to make things better, and it has been moving forward, I think, in really large ways, impactful ways. But because of that, when you're doing things like that, the user doesn't really care about, doesn't know they care about things like updating the QtPy framework behind the scenes that breaks almost all of the API integrations that somebody has with the visual layout things. So... So I, th- I think you're on the right path here with what you're saying, which is that first off, like before we come up with a solution, let's talk about what the problem set is, which is something that in business yeah. I see a lot where people people will want to say, oh, well, let's just do this. Well, it's like, OK, well, let's get out first what all the problems are. And then once you have those, then you can build out what your feature requirements are and then build a solution based around that. So not to not to go off on, you know, too much that hard.
2: makes too much sense. In the in the business world, I feel like I I get that all the time. Oh yeah, we should you know, but that kind of logic is like exactly right. what we need. But it's, it's I feel like explaining that to the higher ups is always like, okay, do you
1: really understand what I'm saying, or are you yeah. just you know, <laughs> exactly like that? That's the one of the things I think about a lot is like uh, Jordan, as you were saying, do you really understand it too? Like there might be really good reasons why. Uh, in the implementation, it is yep. this way, right? Maybe it's not possible a specific way, but I, I like to be, to have a positive mindset on it and let's, let's talk about it. And then right. we can see what happens because maybe you come up with a really good idea. Who knows? So, um, it's better to do that than at least for, uh, for the add on stuff. It's, there's so many people involved, Right. I don't think you're going to be able to come to a solution just like that. You would have to, I think the right thing to do is to think about the problem for a while, come up with some ideas and then try to engage the community upstream, right? In Anki and say, Hey, this is the current state of affairs and nobody really is happy with it. Right. I I can't, I don't know anyone who's happy with it. Everyone I talk to, okay. Some people are not happy with the way I talk about it because off mic i i do get salty and i do say uh, some really not nice <laughs> things it's because
2: passion. that's my personal I feel like yeah. it's passion i feel like it's not like you're you want to bad mouth the people it's no. like you're genuinely interested in helping and and providing a solution and talking about these things but it's like sometimes they they're not even you know acknowledging I mean
0: them. the the devil's exactly. advocate Andy, side well, here well, I'll, I'll just jump in real quick bad. the devil's advocate side is i don't think <laughs> yeah, sure. we could have the ecosystem that we do in well at some point somebody has to take ownership for that API piece luckily the way that damien built it in my opinion mm. is is in a way that anybody can do anything and that is that is great for developers still in the temporary right it enables people to do things quickly that they otherwise wouldn't be able to like but you're right it yeah. doesn't scale and i think that's what we're talking about here is that w- Anki has literally millions of users now. So how it's not some developers like, you know, pet project. So now we have to think about, you know, how do we actually mm-hmm. build things in a way that actually scales? But sorry, go go ahead. We were talking about getting there. salty around Anki. No,
1: no. <laughs> I don't know about Jordan, uh, so I can't really talk to you uh, about your experience, Jordan. But from what I know from you, Kanji Eater, sorry. I it's told cool. Kanji about on the name. stream is good. <laughs> but kanji on the stream kanji eater so uh, i know you have written add-ons based on what i've read and heard right so you actually have more experience than me because i have been so frustrated when i look at the anki add-on support that i just i just stop doing it i just leave the computer like i just stop and i go away what piece frustrates
0: you about it
1: so i like the when I go to the documentation and I read, there's no <laughs> official support just right there. I just, I just can't take it. I, I can't take it. And I, I I come in with the best intentions of making official add-on. So I haven't actually written any add-on code. The notion to Anki site is, it's a separate project It's open source. You can get the code and everything you can study it, but it's not running really? as an okay. add-on, right? It's a web application with the web server. It's using the Genonki Python library to uh, do a lot of talking the about Anki, Anki integration bits. And That's then it's that. just in, again, Anki. Oh, Gen, no, Anki. No, no. Okay. Gen Anki. It's a Python, Python library for generating the AP, yeah, the binary files that you can import okay. in Anki with the DEX, right? The, but we don't have any like um, live or syncing directly. You, everything is managed. Mm-hmm. You upload the file, right? So we have bypassed, the the Anki um, add-on stuff. It's not the ideal situation, but it's the simple approach because I don't I don't think it's right uh, with the add-on stuff where it just breaks yeah. with versioning. Yeah. So, can you tell us more about the um, add-on stuff? Like, do you sit down and write Python? Are you writing React? Like, what are you doing in order to get your when, add-on to when work? When I with Anki? have written
0: Anki add-ons. So so first off, haven't been writing any recently. Yeah. Like I wrote a couple that I needed to accomplish some very specific tasks a while ago. Got them to a good enough point where it was good enough for me, and then people would ask me, "Hey, can you share this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'll I'll upload it." And that was kind of my approach to it at the beginning is I'll get it good enough. If people say there are enough bugs, like maybe I'll fix this thing here or there, but it does the things that I do work. So, specific to your question, like how do I deal with? Sorry, what was like? What am I writing it in? So, yeah, like, yeah, like,
1: like I'm just curious on it from a technical perspective because I I just see that there's some Python stuff and yeah, there's some hook APIs. So, like, I don't understand what is the life right, of Adam right, right? So, basically. so,
0: so, so first off, I I will say yes, lots of Python. Um, it's pretty straightforward from a developer standpoint looking at. Other add-ons because there's so many of them. So if, if you try out a different add-on, it's like, oh, well, these people have a way to, for instance, scan all of the cards in your Anki deck and generate something from them. Like if we think about the the Japanese uh, language add-on, there's a way to give your kanji like actual readings under them, right? So take t- have one field with a reading, uh, sorry, one field with a normal expression, and then one field with The generated piece off of that so in general yeah you're gonna be looking at somebody else's file where they're doing like some python stuff and python is the language that anki is written in it's the it's it's an easy way for anki to be able to pick up your file that you wrote and then execute the code that's inside of it so so yes that's that is the basics of it i will say when i was working in the 2.0 days um, there, it was a lot more difficult to do things like uh, dependencies, which for people that don't know, that aren't programmers, that just means somebody else wrote a piece of code somewhere else. Um, it already does the thing that you want. You want to be able to include that in whatever you're doing. So, for instance, let's say you want to um, you want to escape characters. In a, that's a, that's a very technical example, but uh, like HTML, <laughs> we're talking about HTML, right? That's, that's how you lay out things visually in these fields. Sometimes you copy and paste something off a website, you're actually technically copying out formatting inside of that. And that formatting lives as HTML. So if you want something like a library that automatically escapes these, the HTML around that, well, you can either write your own hacky code for it, or you can take the work that somebody else has done and use that. And so early in the early days that was that was almost impossible like you would have to import their things and here's the thing about importing dependencies it's called a dependency tree because it has its own dependencies and then those dependencies have their dependencies and so doing something like that turned out to be near impossible so what i ended up doing when i had to do this for i have i have one add-on that it actually generates images for text so if you give it like a keyword, it will actually give you like you have the keyword banana, it will get you a keyword a, a, an image of a banana and put that on your Anki card. Okay, so like the thing that I did is, I knew that I couldn't at that point import something that was going to be able to go fetch images like I wanted, so I had to actually build a server, so something outside of Anki, running on somebody else's computer out on the cloud. And that, that is what then I would hit from the Python. So, so to answer your question, I'm, I'm building all up that uh, all up back to your question, which is, yeah, I wrote some Python, and then I also wrote some Python somewhere else, and that runs in a different place. And both of those things combined to make whatever I wanted. I've never used something like full templating languages, so we're talking about things that would actually show on people's cards, like React, JavaScript, those sorts of things. Haven't have haven't done anything mm. like that besides writing my own JavaScript to do extremely simple things like toggle, f- like uh, readings of characters on and off, like that sort of basic stuff.
1: I see. So that's actually very interesting because I was talking with Gillum, uh, uh a while back, or uh, not just... Uh, I don't remember the exact time, but uh, basically we talked yeah. about offloading stuff, right? And I think that's an interesting approach for stability, right? You you let the server deal with the work because the server yep. can add more dependencies, right? So you don't have to have the dependency hell on the client side. So that's actually pretty clever. But have you done any of? Have you used the Qt APIs for graphical stuff? I'm also curious on the graphical user interface. Nothing part innovative, as far as
0: on the on the actual. Graphical side of it, like yeah, I've done pop up boxes, I've done like loading bars, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Because that that's what where no, I that... think. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. It's that's where I think the simplicity lies, right? I think like the Anki ecosystem is like a great opportunity for this. You can deliver some really custom UIs, and then just um, just one add on, for example. Imagine if you could just add a Google image anywhere inside of Anki, you could just hit a button and then a pop up UI comes up with the grid of images, right? And then you just pick it and it's going to be added to the card automatically. You don't have to open a tab. There's so much UI automation you can do. And I think the reason why it doesn't exist is that these developers, I'm not saying anything negative. That's not what I mean, but these developers either probably don't have the necessary skills to make these kinds of applications inside of Anki, or maybe they don't want to, or um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't know what the other reasons I, could be, but it's too risky, in my opinion, oh, to make them right now. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Jordan. The
2: only person I know who has done something like that is so his name, I think he goes by Yoga on Twitter. He's, okay. he's made like a few add ons, and he does like his add on does have like, uh, what is it? Google. So you mentioned like click Google images. So when you search like a word in Japanese, it you can include it to have a Google image.
0: They made an entire dictionary to, inside so, of um, that that takes some graphical yeah, UI. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Whoa, I think if you want nice. if you want more, if you want more information on add ons, I would say go talk to him on, on Twitter for sure. Like
1: he, so your, your, he has uh, own, his own. Sorry, say that again. Yoga, that's his name. I think he would have some really good lessons learned from that
0: too because I know one of the points of tension there with Yoga was he had to continually update these and keep in pace with the issues that you're kind of talking about from the Anki development side. And that that did take a significant amount of work, I I remember him saying. So there was some tension between him and Anki as well. Yeah. Uh, But anyway...
2: Yeah, that's typically why don't uh, uh, update because like it breaks and I'm like, okay, I've noticed that every time I update everything breaks Mm. and I sometimes can go in and fix it. But like, I don't want to fix add-ons. Yeah. Like, I, like I have <laughs> yeah. the knowledge to do it, but I'm like, why should I be fixing these things? Like I got my, it. My so add-ons have also have been
0: like, like really simple. Yeah. Like I've avoided doing what you're talking about where you pick out images from a grid or something like that. Like my my like image grabbing one, mm. it makes the choice for you because it's supposed to be something you can just automate and not not think about. <laughs> like you highlight a hundred or 2000 yeah. of yeah. your words, your, your sentence cards, And then you go get images for all of them like it's it's for me it's the sort of stuff that i don't want to spend the time actually looking at like that's so so i've kind of avoided that problem with my style of using anki yeah
1: yeah so like uh, for me like i don't want to dwell too deep on it but i think like you have to look at it from the user standpoint and i try to like it's very difficult for me to do it, but I try very hard to develop sympathy for the user and try to understand them. So I ask them questions when they reach out to me and I in- solicit feedback. But I also, when I use Anki, I try to think like really hard sometimes, like how would this be for a user who doesn't know anything about code or who doesn't understand this part of Anki. And I think like then that really has to be tackled. Either yes. like, I'm not saying we have to go all the way to make add-ons so easy that anyone can make them, but like the initial, um, the maintains and the initial investment, like, it should be easier. It should be much, much easier. Like at least creating the rich uh, UIs and providing some customization on that. That part should be. Um, yeah, I look forward to the future. Anki has a. What do you What do you think about,
0: young. like so? Anki in theory is. Like platform independent, so like you make something on OS X, it's going to work on your Windows machine too. And that I would say ninety five percent of the time I've seen that that seems to be the case. But then there's also like Anki Droid um, is like, and there's no add on support for yeah. that. And I don't even that's, know about uh, the iOS one because that's
1: not actually correct. Because uh, I'm actually supporting David mm-hmm. on his Patreon. And uh, the developer or one of the developers, I think there are multiple people on the project and some are probably mm-hmm. not active longer. And I think there is a custom version of Anki Droid, which has some of the add on okay. behaviors. So you so, get so I don't use it. I had heard that that
0: people are making forks of it. And I also heard that they're going to be exposing APIs so that people could like do add on things for yeah. things like uh, load balancer is one that was actually hung up in PRs because of this. Uh, the load balancer for anybody that doesn't know is sometimes when you're doing a lot of Anki reviews, you can get a lot that stack up on a day. The load balancer add-on is something that can, in theory, kind of even it out so that you have more consistent reviews. It's not an officially supported thing in the normal Anki, so you use an add-on, but then you can't do that on mobile. So if you're reviewing on mobile, you're actually at a disadvantage. So so that's that's what I'm talking Yeah.
2: That's why I stopped. Yeah. That's why I stopped using mobile, because I was like, oh, I'm not getting some of this add-on things. Let me Right. So so it's like,
0: okay, yeah, you could go out and that's that's what I did. There was a custom version for the load balancer one, so that's what I was using. But there's still not a way that I know of to to do that.
1: I I personally haven't looked at the JS API that detail, but I was I was talking with uh, Gilam, and we, I was discussing uh, like, like I have a few ideas like I balanced ideas off and I listen to people ask them what they think. So I asked him, what if we could build a, like a system where you could off like compile down your add on like a tool chain or compiler tool chain which takes the Python code and like from the vanilla add ons right now and compiles it down to a JavaScript API. So creating an ecosystem for that and then using the deck description putting like adding uh, add on support via the Dex description because Anki is like, in my opinion, a glorified web browser. That's what it is. And you can actually use it. You can mm-hmm. run Java. Are, are you right? talking about in like Anki reviewing
0: a card is places. like a web browser?
1: No. Um, reviewing a card is like a browser. The deck description part is a browser, like the ve- yeah. web view stuff. I consider that the browser because you right. can run HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and you have access to all of uh, the web APIs which are yeah. supported in that specific. I, I, I really UI, view Anki right? On- oh, itself sorry, is
0: just a web. wrapper around a database. That's that's why it acts and behaves the way it does, and it's a little slow and clunky at times, is because you just have a giant database yeah. with all your cards in it. You want to add a new one? Oh, we'll just make a new entry in the mm. database. It's that easy. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. where a good U- U- UI but comes r- into this.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? You could uh you could uh add some really nice stuff on top. But uh we asked Damon because he has mm-hmm. the iOS app, right? So if we managed to figure out an approach to make it work on Android, that would be the proof of concept so you get add on support that way but getting it into the iOS uh, one is harder because it's yep. a proprietary application you have to pay $25 to get it yeah, and you're yeah. supporting the Anki development it's developer, the only official way right so i have yep mm, yeah. exactly but like uh, he did not he, he did not recommend us to use the deck description because like yes you can run javascript in there but it's not the mm. blessed way to do it so like how could you get um uh, Anki add-ons generically available on mobile but I was curious Jordan have you made any Anki add-ons yourself or
2: Uh, no I haven't um I've thought about it I think but I I have like a a a love-hate relationship with Anki where like I've used it so much over the last 10 years that like I really like I'm like I don't know like it's it's good. It definitely has helped my Japanese improve. But after a while, I'm just like, man, there there are a lot of hurdles, there are a lot of things to get over that I could dive into and and and, and make my own add-ons or or look at some of the code and try to, you know, go with that. But I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily want to. Like, is it yeah, my yeah. like my mind is like, is it worth it? Or like, is there an audience for it? Like I know now that there is, but it's like do I want to go down the path of, you know, because sometimes I tell people, they're like, oh, how do you learn Japanese? Like, should I be using Anki? And I'm like, yes. But, like, I know, like, in the back of my mind, part of me is saying, like, okay, like, Anki is really, can, there's a learning curve. There's a steep learning curve. Oh, yeah. If you're not yeah. technical, it's hard to, you know, make that adjustment. So I I, I I would rather sometimes, like, tell people to, like, hey, maybe you should just kind of, like, stay Stick with the basics or stick with like if someone has like a pre made deck or or has something to where it makes it easier for them to do it, it's like I almost tell them to go towards that route just because it's like okay, once they have that basic foundation, then like I feel like the the what it would be like to edit my own cards or do this mm-hmm. once that appears, then it's like okay, bam, I got them. So it's just like that way they can learn that on their own. They're, that that natural like instinct to learn more and to do more is there already versus someone who's never used Anki before and doesn't necessarily know how it's going to work or how it, you know, when to update, when to not update, and things like that. And so, you know, I feel like I don't want to push them away from Japanese or whatever language they're learning, you know, with the, the hardness and roughness that Anki can sometimes provide. I think so it's...
0: The, i think you're touching on something really important there too that idea uh, that like just in language learning it's i think it's a at this point it's almost well known best practice that you should be making your own cards right you shouldn't be using pre-made decks because mm -hmm. if you make it yourself simply the act of doing that is going to make it stick in your brain a little bit better but the thing is that takes a lot of work a lot of mental effort My least favorite part these days is actually making my cards. So it's like, if you can figure out Mm -hmm. ways to do that better, it's like, yeah, like probably like Jordan saying, like Mm -hmm. most people like have such a high barrier to entry. They're just going to take pre-made stuff to start with and who can blame them. That was definitely me. I'm still not at a point where I'm actually making all my own cards. I have essentially a database of cards that I pull from. But so let's talk a bit more about like, Notion to Anki, then like you're talking about like, can can you give us a little bit more details on how people are actually using this today?
1: Yeah, so uh, that like. The um, really good points, Jordan, and uh, I, like I'm divided on that because uh, uh, like how to think about it, because uh, and how to introduce it to a new person, because I actually yeah. there is one girl and I, I have Japanese classes. I I started learning Japanese in um, 2010, and I've made my own applications, and I've had a love and hate relationship too with Anki, and I introduced Anki just recently to one of my classmates, and I told uh, Christina, uh, the girl, I told her to just use shared decks, and that I said that because she shouldn't get right. overwhelmed, and um, yeah, but like when someone comes into the notion to Anki community, that it's very obvious we encourage you to create your own flashcards and most people who uh, use it i think they do Uh, but there are there is a segment of the community who uh uh, maybe they go to the same university and then they work together like some people do some parts Mm -hmm. and then they export right because some of the batch features we have support for is used by them like multiple pages Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: way uh, notion uh, has some collaborative features and i think that's also something that's uh uh, popular among these students because they they can then um, split up the pensum or uh, the whatever the lecture is. You take that part, I take that part, and then they share the decks to each other. But I haven't looked at Anki web like how many of our because now we've started adding a banner in the uh, deck description so we can actually see. Or it's not tracking it, but maybe uh, I'm going to take a look and see. Um, I don't know if so that I- answered the question. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I do I do have a no no is, go, ahead. Oh, go you, ahead you're good, Jordan. Sorry. Go
0: ahead.
2: Um so I have a, so that that did answer a little bit. So my question another question I have is so if I am a new user to Anki to Notion and I already know Notion, how would I go about you know using your service? Like what would I
1: do? Yeah, so what you would do is uh Uh, Most likely you would probably learn about it via one YouTube video. That's the funnel, right? That's how people Mm -hmm. learn about it right now. But actually one of the things that's surprising is that since I am uh, mostly a web developer now, right, I I have learned a few tricks. So I've used those tricks in the project and we actually have a really high channel traffic from organic search. So that's actually our biggest channel. So people just search and then they discover us. And we have strategically placed videos all around the website. So you can actually very quickly see how the tool is used in practice. Right. But I think many people actually do learn about notion to also by someone in their class introduces it to them and then they start sharing it because they love it. It's helping them. Um, but you would start with the page and then you would create your own toggle or you would, um, I, I abuse it, just so it's repeated. I really abuse it. I take an article and I use closed deletions all the time. It's not good. I don't recommend to do it the way I do it. But I really would like to repeat. Uh, y- make your own cards, really. So yeah. it's you should make your own cards. It's a waste of time using share decks. And um, I try to repeat it to people, but uh, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know.
2: Sometimes I feel like... I don't I don't mind shared decks, but it's like the problem in my opinion, like shared decks in the beginning, like for Japanese or language learning, I think it's okay because there when you the reason I say this is because I sometimes think there are two unknowns. So you're learning a new language and you're trying to learn some software, Anki.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like
2: it's it's like dealing with both is so tough and so break, you know, abrasive to some people that I'm just like, you know what? Just get a shared deck. That way you get good enough to where you get to the point where it's just like, huh, now I want to start learning more of my own. Now how do I, you know, like I said, that that natural, you know, tendency, curiosity rises, and then I feel like that can help you like make your own decks and things like that. But like (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I, I don't really know when the the actual right time is to introduce uh, Anki. I think Anki is a valuable tool in language learning, but when is the right time, right? Right. Should you introduce it in a bit? Like if you're learning Japanese for the first time, right? You will stumble on Anki at some point. That's just guaranteed. That's how Mm -hmm. the journey of learning Japanese is, right? Someone somewhere will tell you about Anki at some point. If it's a video, yeah, so it doesn't matter. So like... When is the right time to be introduced to Anki? Is it after you've learned a little bit of Japanese or is it since day one? I don't know, but one thing that happens with beginners is that and this happened to me many times. It's like you think you you think you understand Anki, it's going to help you. You start seeing some of the magic, the of of okay, I I actually start remembering stuff. Yeah. Space repetition works. <laughs> and then you go to Anki web and then you download Yep. 50 (laughs) decks and then you just quit using it after a while that's what happened you get overwhelmed or you're not understanding
0: yeah exactly what's what's going to be in that review queue like oh how many am i actually supposed to do today that will guarantee guarantee that i will spend at least (laughs) this much time tomorrow and that was one of my biggest struggles with with anki in general is figuring out how to manage your time with it it's like okay if i if i learn Mm. 35 new cards a day I will be on the breach of suicidal thoughts in a month. Like it's it's pretty awful. Like if yeah. and that was that was one of the things that I found is somebody yeah. actually told me if you're not learning 35 new cards a day, like you're not going fast enough and you won't be able to retain things. It was oh, it was absolutely insane. I got through 2k really fast, like 2000 like core Japanese words, but like my retention was pretty bad on and I learned way too much way too fast. So it was like once I actually find it, started finding people that had would say like, okay, well learn 10 new cards a day. It's like, even still, it's like how how long am I going to have to review tomorrow? How many cards am I actually going to have? That's that's still one of the big, the big hurdles there. And uh I can only speak from my own experience. I add 10 new cards a day. I have about a hundred reviews the next day. It takes me about an hour to get through them. So that's that's where I'm at right now with it. Six years in, still figuring it out.
1: Still figuring it out. That's yeah. The I hashtag. mean, that's that's
0: life in general, <laughs> and especially with something as robust as Anki, it's like it, it's like it really is. It's it's a very efficient way to learn things that are very specific. Brute, if you need to brute force memorize something, space repetition is a good way to do it. Like I, there's books like Make It Stick that. Hmm. Reinforced this to me when I was on the breach of. Do I quit Anki? Do I keep going? It's like, okay, you need some way to offset the learning curve, right? And so, I think there are better ways, probably, to do it that we'll find. But yeah, that's that's what I'm stuck with right now.
1: Yeah, I see. I use the bury feature. I just learned about the bury. I feature don't use recently that recently, and it's yeah, it's t- helping. That. You don't use the bury feature.
2: Mindia, yeah, tell me about it. I don't use so
1: it either. Basically uh, one challenge that I have is that I create a lot of low yield cards because I create my own cards, but I use the text from other people because I like breaking up articles or a presentation, right? So I can use the, the actual written text in the in the format, whatever it is, right? So um the result is since I'm overusing uh, clothes, I have these low yield cards. Essentially, what I mean with low yield cards is the cards are either of a bad quality or I have a hard time memorizing them because it's just too much sure. information in one card. So um bury is essentially a feature in Anki where uh, you can say to Anki, hey, Anki, this card, just shove it one day in the future without affecting the algorithm. I don't want to. Say again, I don't want to say good or something like that. I just want to shove it to the future. Just bury this card for me and then it's going to be back tomorrow essentially. It's being delayed with one day. That's what I understand from the bury. And I like it because it's helping me get through the the problems I have right now. But what I should do is stop creating uh, 50 cards (laughs) once uh, every week. And instead go to a ritual where uh, like my, one of my Japanese classmates, he creates one mm-hmm. card per day, right? He creates one high quality card. And over time he has really nice, good looking decks because he actually, he's even uh, hand drawing some of the mm-hmm. pictures there. Right? So Ooh. his decks are more, um, they're, they're more pleasant to review, right? Yeah. Because you're yeah. spending so much time per card. So Barry is just a, uh, it's like a patch on top of a bigger problem, like duct taping. Yeah,
0: I think that's one of the reasons why I, I don't hate actually doing the reviews now is because of what you're describing, which is you have to make it something pleasant, right? So for me, that means quite a few things. I needed an image on the card. I hopefully have some audio on the card. Maybe I have some interesting statistics about it, meaning things like how often is this thing actually used, right? Those sorts of things, Uh, you know make it make it easy and pleasant to actually do it make it remind you of good times you had watching anime or something like that uh i I don't know how that works in in the medical field maybe you have some good memories attached to your your left elbow or something but uh (laughs) i can't can't speak to that experience uh so but but back to back to i i think i i'm not i'm not sure if i'm clear yet like how do you actually use notion to anki Yeah, so
1: I, I probably have, we, we've had uh, variations of that question. So let me try to drill down. So essentially what you can do is you can use a web browser. You can go to notion.so, the website, or you can download the desktop version, or mm. you can use it on mobile. So it's different, like depending on where in the world you are, mm. you might use different things. Because oh, so some,
2: Notion has an app. I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Yeah, Notion has a iOS app. I haven't tried the Android. Uh, they might have an Android app. I don't know that. But I've okay. used it mostly. I actually have Notion on the iPad now, and I have notes for the podcast that I hopefully I'm gonna ask some things later. But essentially, you would you would create a page in Notion, right? After you've signed up, signed in, I use Google, uh, SSO. I log in with Google, and then I just create a page and then create a title. I pick an emoji because we ha- we put the emoji in the deck title, and we also take Notion has page cover. so it's essentially a banner they also add uh, the banners to the deck. And um, you start creating a, something called a toggle. That's the unit, right? So you could create, you, you hit the, um, there is a context menu in Ocean where you can create these blocks, which it supports. And our supported block is the toggle one. And it's like an arrow pointing on the right side, the direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when it's, uh, you can write a line and that's basically the header, the first line inside has the arrow which becomes black when it has content inside of it so it, by default it's gray so you pick a title and if you use closed deletion you don't need a body right and a body means we treat the toggle header as the front of the card and whatever is inside is the back of the card that's the default behavior so you can create basic cards we support all of the card types you have in anki by default so you can use closed deletion which is the mm-hmm. code tag So it's going to mark it. So if you're familiar with Markdown, you can use the code tick marks Mm -hmm. and um, you can use Markdown in Notion. So it supports uh, Markdown. So I think that's also one of the reasons it's pleasant for me to use. Not only do you have the WYSIWYG stuff, the nice, pleasant for normal people, but you have the shortcuts for power users. And then when you've done that, you just hit the hamburger menu or three dots. And then you get the new context menu, and then you export as HTML. And the reason why it's HTML is because we initially supported Markdown, but the problem with the Markdown is that it's not consistent with the HTML. When you export with HTML, there is more information in the markup about the page. And there is actually some bugs with Notion, which we have problems with some underlining, which is critical for medicine students, which we don't support currently, because it's just not present in the markup. And that's probably some export uh, bug, which we should report upstream. I need to get my act together and report all of the Notion bugs. And uh, when you have exported that, um, depending on the complexity of your page, it might be a zip file, right? So if you have images... It will try to create relative paths to the images and create directories for the various uh, pages so a medicine student would have a complex hierarchy We had an anatomy some other parts and then it would be grouped logically for the student right but notion would export it as a zip file it would be big in that case or it would be a single html file depending on the size and then you upload that file to the website notion to anki or to anki.net and to Anki reads uh, or Notion to Anki reads that file. It decompresses the zip file. It goes through the, uh, it and tries to figure out what you are sending. Some people can just upload multiple files, and then it reads the HTML, and then it creates a JSON payload which describes your deck or decks, also plural, in the case where you have multiple uh, decks. And then it uses the Gen Anki library. And generates the APG file, which will contain uh, so APG is the format Anki uses where you can export decks right. and then publish them, right? Or yeah, you can import yeah. them. And it's a it has a collection file and then it has the media, right? So the collection is the SQLite, it's compressed, and the media is all of the either audio, images, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Whatever you have attached in your in your deck. And then that file you open in Anki, and then you get your decks. So that's the process. And it works. I wish we could eliminate the import-export because my dream is to provide mm-hmm. insane value, right? I want to you as the user, I want to help you as much as possible. I right. know how hard this journey is. I know it sucks hitting the export button, downloading a file, uploading it somewhere else, getting a new file and then importing it. Just listen to me telling you about it. It's It's horrible. It's really sad that we have to do it that way. But that's... The the current state and I I look forward to the future where we can look back a few years from now and look about look back and think Do you guys remember how terrible the Anki add-on system stuff was? Do you remember? The the crap we had to deal with just look at what we have now This is so much better than what we had X number of years So that's the I'm looking forward to the future because I think Both you Kanji Eater and Jordan like both of you probably have a lot of skill sets So what do you consider easy? is not necessarily easy for other people. It might be yeah. extremely Completely difficult. Agree. So that's one of the things I try to do. Just stay humble. Like, you don't know who's using this, where in the world. You don't know their life situation. You don't know the challenges they're facing. And it's it's difficult, but I, I always try to set myself in that uh, perspective. Like, what I'm considering easy right now might be really, really hard for someone else. So it's... Um, I hope we make it better, but the current flow is you export import files essentially. I don't know. Did that that like, completely that completely covers it, did. it?
0: I'm I'm very clear now on how we would use this thing. Uh, I'm curious as far as like so let's let's just give an example flow then. Like if we're talking about uh, yeah. me being a Japanese language learner right now, I'm writing down keywords mm-hmm. inside of. Um, a google sheet doc and that's just my ongoing list and eventually i dump those out into anki find find a card that is already made that has some some sentence from anime in it at some point and i'll find one of those sentences mm-hmm. that has that keyword in it and i'll use that okay but in if i if someone like me was it was to adopt kind of what your style is or any language learner like we're talking about they would probably be encountering this word, and then they have the flexibility of using Notion anywhere, right? It's essentially on. Well, I, I think there's some question around Android, but it's it's in a readily. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: A- Android, Android. Gotcha. I don't use it personally, but I cool. know some users use it. So, uh, like they use it. So I've seen like one, one contributor from the community actually made a video. I just remembered it right now. I'm going to send you the link where he made a video showing us how you use Notion, Anki and uh, Anki Droid and uh, like how you do that. Right. No, 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 you're good. You're good. So, So
0: anyways, where I was going with that though, is that it's, it's readily accessible on many platforms. So you would take your notes instead of like yeah, yeah in some yeah. sort of note uh, alternative note taking app you put it in some sort of page layout that you guys have uh use the specific block type there mm-hmm. however to to get a word in there uh but in theory you, like my workflow would not work and that's fine because like i said my workflow actually isn't ideal i'm not making my own cards <laughs> what would be ideal is you need to take the full sentence from something for for language learning uh in theory Put that inside of Notion Anki, then export those, and that would be the ideal way, probably, um, in general. Like, I don't think me writing down just a single keyword out of context is actually the best way. It's just I'm I'm old, and I've done that for six years, so that's why I'm still doing it. I should probably do something like what you're talking about, which is take full sentences. Um, or y- you didn't say that. I said that. But anyways, besides the point, we put th- we slam that inside of Notion. A full sentence, then you export that, then, in theory, you've got that inside of Anki as a card, and it's prettier than it otherwise would be, and it's also easier to do an export from that than say copying and pasting all of your things out of a Google sheet over and over and over, uh mm. whereas you could just mm. automate that is that is that about right <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's about right, and there are some limitations currently, like for example, one thing that students tell me is that. Um, just with regards to the copy-pasting is that we save them like either hours or we save them days, literal days because they sit there. These people are not writing code. They're total normal people. They they don't use computers unless they have to. So they copy-paste one thing at a time. So the way they learn Anki, it just takes forever. So they can just go straight from their notes to Anki flashcards, right? The... the, um, the export and import step is usually really fast. There are some edge cases, for example, I know some doctors who use it and they are really using Hmm. a lot of images, right? So there is one doctor who has, he runs his own version, right? And we've made it easy to run it. So it's just okay in that case, but um, sorry, I lost the question, my bad. What what was the... uh, like? I,
0: I I was just asking about, is that the basic flow of how you would actually go about adding...
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. So the issue is like the the, the, the way you use it today, it's optimized for yep. I create my cards, right? It doesn't mean that the text that's actually in front of you is written by you. But this the whole experience is that I will be able to generate my cards. So there are certain things we don't expose currently, for example, the templates, those are not exposed, the fields are not exposed. And there are reasons for that. It's because the re- people keep uh, asking me about the styles, because they're not happy sure. with the default styles, right? We've, we're optimizing for the default case where we just use the CSS from Notion and then mm-hmm. just put that in your card, or sorry, in your um, in your templates, right? And it creates, it creates a huge mess for some people, they're not happy with it. And we're gonna address the fields, the custom fields, and we have some really cool ideas for UIs, but the problem is like, uh, is it simple enough? And um, the way you use it is like that, yes you would break down a sentence or a word, but you can still imagine if you could just use Google Docs and it would generate yeah. flashcards for you. That's that's the essentially the value proposition we're providing. The mm-hmm. the Google uh, spreadsheet, you can do the same. You could inside of a Google spreadsheet, you could paste the image, I right? Have you tried that? No. Just pasting an image? You should try that just to experience it. So it's not so smooth. But in Notion, it mm. is actually smooth. You can just add an image. There is uh, there is a service called Unsplash, which I use a lot. And you can just... It's essentially a service which has a lot of mm. high-quality images. And there is a generous uh, copyright license, so you can use them. And I think that's... We don't need to address this, but this is a problem with the Anki shared deck stuff, gotcha. the copyright issues. Yeah, so... Um, yeah it's it's interesting but um uh, i really think that uh, we all can actually provide a lot of value for both new users and also experienced anki users because either you could provide value in producing content and that's one of the things we're trying to do with the youtube right we're trying to provide value to the notion community and also the anki community because mm-hmm. it is uh, it is hard to use anki and i hope i hope it gets even better right it's gonna get easier and easier. But have you have you thought about providing like Anki uh, lessons? I know the Anking people are doing it. They have tutoring. Have you guys thought about it? I'm just curious. Not even for a no, second. Yeah, that's
0: personally. no. That's that's interesting, <laughs> yeah, and that's no. one of the things I was gonna comment on. Is I think your strategy of you know having people people using your uh, your uh, it's not an add on your product uh, in in various ways. Uh, and kind of showing off how different people are using it, and then uploading that to your YouTube channel is definitely interesting because it's it's like you said it's it's difficult to see how people are actually using Anki. Like I haven't documented what my setup is on Anki anywhere. I think at one point I'll probably at least talk through what I'm doing with Anki in a little more detail. But yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to see it.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've been now that you said that I've been thinking about like going over my workflow for like creating cards for japanese just to cut it out there and show people what i'm doing you know Mm -hmm. it's it's it works it gets the job done you know thought of like yeah let me you know let me do tutorials for for anki specifically because i don't know like i i so i do work a lot with like ux ui design and like getting feedback from so i think that's super important and like yeah getting the feedback from the 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 people who are using it is is invaluable like you you exactly like just a workaround or just i love seeing the workarounds that people come up with it's like <laughs> oh like anki can only do this like oh, our workaround is to do this and i'm like whoa i would have never even thought of yeah. that so um but like anki specifically ooh, it, it's a it's a beast and like I know how tough it can be. So some, some, imp- part of me is like, nah, not really, but maybe it would be worthwhile at least documenting, like
1: how I'm using it to show. Yeah, people. I definitely think it would be valuable. For example, I I've been fortunate enough to talk with uh, l- like several Anki users by now. And like, I, I share my ways and how I do things. So if I learn about something new, like the Burry, for example, it's new to me. So I, I have no problem sharing it. Yeah. But, like when I see someone else and then I see how they use it. So well, someone was showing me their card templates and I was just thinking, seriously, my cards are so complex. I like I'm violating the minimal principle thing. Me and too. I could actually. if I, Yeah. If I just spent some more time creating better card templates, I would actually get more value from them. And that's something I realized by just someone else showing me their Anki setup. So like. Mm-hmm. There is no right way to do Anki, I think. I think it's different and I think it's really valuable to see how is this person doing it. So I enjoy those kind of videos on YouTube and uh, whenever someone shares. That's definitely me a
0: topic that we're going to be right. covering here. Uh, in fact, it probably. Yeah, it, it'll probably be the next one that we do where we're not like interviewing somebody is kind of talking about uh, what sort of. Nice. Like, so. I'm going to watch it. Awesome. Awesome. So. Right. So. Yeah, just send. We'll do so now. Let's go ahead and transition. I know you mentioned you have a couple questions for us. Um, If anybody else has questions for uh, Alexander, uh, they can type those into chat now, and those will show up. Uh, So in the meantime, while chat is hopefully typing away, let's uh, let's hear what you got, Alexander. You said you had some questions.
1: Yeah. So. We talked about the goals and stuff, but I, one of my long-term goals is eventually to uh, to build a family. And uh, so I heard that you were married. So we are actually close uh, in the age, and um, I'm 28 mm-hmm. years old, right? So I'm curious, and mm-hmm. I'm single. I'm just curious, like how is marriage life, and um, how does it, like, how is it to be married at uh, such young age? Yeah, in yeah, my yeah. opinion i didn't know yeah, so i got married
0: kid. at 23 okay i so i even younger yeah 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 oh, wow. and so usually usually the fr- usually I people's first question <laughs> is well did you get her pregnant and the answer is no no i did not um so <laughs> oh, I, okay. we uh no i i knew my wife uh <laughs> five years before that because we met at a heavy metal concert so she's she's a pretty cool uh person in general uh she's yeah She's nice. also like our honeymoon was going to Japan, so I was super into Japanese stuff. Sweet. Um, she's also into that stuff too. Uh, you know, I met her in the States, so she's not Japanese or anything. Uh, she's actually uh Mexican, in case people are interested. Uh, but she, uh, yeah, so so meeting her, uh, somebody that I can listen to heavy music with and uh, talk about weave anime stuff with, that's we have we have a lot of it nice. in common. So when you're t- when people ask, yeah, yeah, like how, how is marriage? Well, it's like I'm, I'm married to my best friend uh, and we we watch anime and Japanese together uh, without understanding it and still have a good time. So it's it's pretty awesome.
2: Nice. here's here's wow, the thing that amazing. I didn't expect
0: when I got married. I I didn't have any expectations for like what she would be doing. Like she's still she's still working on like going to school and that sort of stuff. Um, But it turns out my wife is a fantastic cook. I did not count on this. This was an extra benefit that I just didn't know. So, so now also like not only do I have all of those things, but I got a full belly like every day. So, uh so again, like <laughs> downsides, it's like yeah, there's, you know, it with with anything, there's living with somebody else makes you put other people's needs first, right? And us being selfish creatures in general, like it's that can be something difficult at times, but that as a downside has its benefits right like it's constantly pushing me to be a better person so so yeah it's it's good i'm i'm super glad we don't have kids yet uh she's she's putting some pressure on me though uh we're not getting any younger she keeps saying so uh hopefully there will be some little kanji eaters five years out if it's before five years somebody made a mistake all right but five years out five years (laughs) out right (laughs) Uh, so yeah that's that's yeah yeah thanks for sharing Hopefully that answers your question. How is it? It's 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 pr- it's pretty yeah, good. It, it could it, be really it, bad. Like it could have turned out that my wife was actually an awful cook and then who knows what would have happened, but it worked out for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm happy it worked out for you. I hope it works <laughs> out for me, too. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So, so we got a question and uh, I have a question for all three of you. How come you are interested in Japanese culture and language? And how did you get into it? So that was from Alpakan. You know this guy, uh, Alexander.
1: This is one of uh, my most valuable community members in Ocean to anki He's sending pull requests. He's making videos. Alp, you're Alp. amazing. I love you, man. Yeah, you're we, we appreciate too. you jumping in. Uh, <laughs> Thank
0: you. So, Alexander, are you, like that's something we haven't really touched on. I, I know you mentioned you've been to Tokyo. I think right, but that that was that was before we went live. What is your interest in Japanese culture? Or Japanese in general.
1: So I actually have a very weird uh, connection to it. So when I was growing up, I lived in a small island in Norway. Uh, Like we moved from Kenya before I used to live there. And uh, that was in the late 90s. So my dad is a news junkie, right? So he watched news. So he had like 3,000 channels. And he had an engine on the roof where he could switch between channels. Like he wanted to watch this part of the world. And stuff like that. And the only TV we could watch that we liked as kids was German Mm. TV. And the Germans did something really clever. They imported a lot of um, anime. So we were watching anime when we were growing up as kids. And we didn't know that it was anime. We just watched Dragon Ball. We did Kamehameha. Stuff like that played around. And then later we learned about stuff like manga. We started uh, reading Shonen Jump. You know that it's a magazine. So essentially... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just been a part of my life and uh, anime was the entry, right? And then you have Japanese music. And then one day I was um, working on the, the Linux kernel networking stuff. And one of the maintainers upstream, the David Miller, he was writing about, um, what's it called? Uh, one of their conferences, right? And uh, they usually, the Lignus kernel is distributed, right? So they have people contributing all around the world. So they change Mm -hmm. where the conference is. They try to do it in Europe, Northern America, Asia, and so on. And he wrote an email, and I was reading the email to learn stuff, and he encouraged people to travel to Japan, right, for the conference. And that was in 2016. And I thought, he's saying go, I should go. Do, do I want to go? And then he sent another email just uh, a few days later. He said, this is your chance. Like, and it felt like he was writing the email to me. But he, he was writing it to a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And then I just, okay, I'm going to Japan. So I went to Tokyo for the first time in 2016. And, uh, and we were in a conference, Akihabara. So I think like anime is probably a gateway drug for most people. And then uh, you fall in love. That's, that's pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. What, what about you, Jordan? I know we've kind of talked about yeah. our origin stories a bit, but what actually drew you into Japanese?
2: Yeah. Um, it was like just knowing a different language. So I was like five when I got introduced to Japanese. Um, my uh, person who went to school with me, she was in my class she was Jap- um, Japanese and her mom would come in and like bring us food and teach us songs and teach us words. And so I was like, oh, whoa, this is cool. And as you said, like, you know, I would watch anime and, and Dragon Ball and, and Yu Yu Hakusho. And and so I didn't really know it was, was anime. I just knew it was like, oh man, this is these cartoons. And then gra- we called them graphic novels, but it, it was manga. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is great. And that's like you said, it's how it started. I lived near the library, and I would read. I would take home, like, 30 volumes, read them in a day, and bring them back. And oh. be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm about to read something else. So, like, that's really where it started. And then, you know, as time went on, I was, like, 14 when I, like, remember vividly, like, watching a show in Japanese. It was, like, Dragon Ball Z, GT, all in Japanese, no English subtitles or whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to learn this language. Like, this is this is awesome. So that was where it like started.
0: For so for for me, it was it was very similar to Jordan's. It was like I so actually, let me see if I can put this on my camera. Where is it? Oh 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 oh! Godzilla. What?
1: Wait. Do you, do yeah, you have do. Japan yeah, behind you?
0: Uh so nice, so there easy. there was also a godzilla vinyl there uh and that was that was my first exposure probably was watching old like godzilla movies and then there was also pokemon uh okay. came out when i was in kindergarten and they actually sent me a promotional yes. vhs tape uh which was weird i i haven't received one since from any other promotional material but they had targeted me and they told me this will become your life And so, uh, yeah, I, I took him up on it. I got into Pokemon, uh, until I got banned at, uh, the school I was going to. So, um, you know, then it was like reading, reading manga from the library. Like that was the other thing, uh, that, that kept it going. That was like the next step. It was like, okay, well, I've seen, I've seen these characters with large eyes and tiny noses. Uh, like this is, this is the written form. So got into that. And then it was in high school, I started playing games that, uh, like stopped getting translated into english and i was like that was that was the part where i was like okay yeah. the tales of series is no longer translated uh i should probably just learn japanese yes. so that's that was the piece that was like all right at some yes. point that's gonna have to happen and then my last semester of college it was like okay well uh, now or never so and that that started six years ago so that's why i'm here so uh, nice. alexander did you have uh, any other questions for us
1: Yeah, so I had a question, just I'm curious, like, um, so uh, this is just regards with monetization. So I told you, like, the strategy for me with monetization is like, we're not trying to rip people off or make a huge amount on people. It's just that we need to be able to sustain ourselves, me and the team, and then be able to push so that we can generate like a wheel so we can actually long term provide value to the Unkey and Ocean communities. So, like, what is your monetization strategy? Is it Patreon, like, just a side hustle for fun? Or do you have any thoughts so, around uh, that? Yeah,
0: you bring up a good point. We have just uh, recently added a deep weeb section to uh, the Kanji eater Patreon, uh, which is one way that people could uh, support this. So I think for us... Nice. Uh, I, I, I will speak for myself for me money is a good indicator of if people have interest in something so I think if people have interest in this that's mm. one good way to show it is by putting it there our strategy from there is like Jordan and I are still figuring this out there have been some hiccups with like other collaborations in the community yeah. so it's like hey we really need to kind of like iron out like how this works between us and we're still we're still in the process of figuring that out it looks like like the deep weeb thing still looks to be like my thing i'm still pushing it uh jordan's kind enough to co-host it with me and i think he should be compensated reasonably for that so right now as of now if somebody were to give like a dollar on um on patreon it gets split 50 50 between us uh as as long as we're both co-hosting it so that's that's the idea um and then, of course, there's like taxes and that sort of stuff that comes out before either of us get our grubby mitts on it. But like, yeah. so so there's that piece of it. Um, then I also have like stuff that I've sold from before. So like Anki add-ons, the dictionary add-ons that I've made as well, like those are up there. Like so, but yeah, I, I think you you already hit on it. It's really just like a side hustle thing for fun. I'm not planning on, like, anytime soon, mm-hmm. scaling this out to uh, to compete with my actual living as a software architect. Like, I just... I, I think that would be cool oh, to see. do, but it, it's like I also mm-hmm. like my job and the challenges that face me over there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Jordan, did I miss anything as far as what we were saying? No, that,
2: that was good. I think, like you said, I, I'm not... I'm not focused on it, I guess, for the money either. And not to say that anyone is, but like, Mm. I think whatever, like it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation, you know, I feel like me and Kanji are always talking if at any point in time, like someone like dropped a million dollars on this. Yeah, of course we would talk and negotiate and go with that. But like, Mm. I, I feel like we're in it to genuinely we're in it because we want to be, you know? And so I think as you're, the way you have it with the Patreon, like, I think you, you're you're going about it the right way. You're 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 mindfully aware. You're you're welcome. You're mindfully aware of the challenges you you may be confronted with, and you're actively trying to solve them. And I think that mindset in general is going to help you more than like oh we'll figure out when we get there, which we've seen like I said in the language learning community that can fall apart very fast. And so mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, I think I think you being open, I think definitely. Take that openness, and I know you have, t- in, in to your patreons and or patrons, and to the people who are using Anki Notion. That way, like you said, you're you're being transparent. You're letting them know, hey, we're not here to rip you off. We're not here to steal. We're just we want to provide value, but we also yeah. want to, you know, keep this train rolling.
1: You know, exactly. Yeah, and I don't. We don't. We have a listener question, but like I think one of the challenges we've had, we didn't cover it, but like is. Um, it was a small challenge in the beginning and it kind of affected me because like some people misunderstood what we were trying to do. And I hope if some of those people are listening right now, our goal with notion to anki is to help people, right? Bridge the two tools. Some people have gone in the direction where they try to replace Anki and people can do whatever they want. But it's not like we want to make it better for Anki users, right? So... Um, I don't want to replace Anki. I don't have the capacity or the resources. It's uh, think about the years, years of development Anki has gone through since 2000
0: something. You mentioned, I I think I saw this on Twitter, that you're now actually spending like 60% of your time on your, your projects. Like, how has that been?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now my boss is really uh, kind. Uh, He let me uh, like, so I I, I resigned essentially. Hmm. So, uh, I worked. 100% to September, and I'm now I'm 60%. So I'm I'm trying to figure out the income, and I've done something similar. So I always manage to get back on track if it doesn't go well. But like I really believe in challenging your limits. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to do. And then if, if worst comes to worst, I, I have skill sets that are really valuable and highly uh, desired, right? So I can always figure out something. But I'm hoping to be able to like be able to. Sustain sustain myself by providing value to uh especially the Anki ecosystem but also notion users the The challenge with notion users is it's really commercial from the beginning so i don't know what the right direction is but the Anki, it's free like think about it you're helping students in their learning journey like mm-hmm. consider like what kind of value you're providing you're helping people and you're you might be able to change their lives forever essentially and i think that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't for it? sure. Yeah, that's that
0: I, I would love at some yeah. point, and maybe like we certainly won't have time today, but uh, talk about like the ideas behind like financial independence and like leveraging those sorts of ideas yeah, yeah, to yeah. like do kind of the things that you're talking about, which is you know what whatever thing you want to go even deeper on, which in your case is uh, like you know Notion Anki providing insane value to people. Like, how do you do that while uh, you know still being fed? So that's uh. Yeah, yeah. hopefully, yeah. hopefully,
2: I, I definitely yeah.
0: go ahead. as no good.
2: Oh, go oh, I'm saying as a, as a teacher, like, so I teach uh, people how to code like kids, nice. I've done adults like, and like you said, like it's being able to like, hey, teach them somebody or teach them the skill set that can literally change their life. Like I've, I've received from one of my students, she was like, I'm so glad I went through this program. I'm so glad you were in there. I'm so glad like, you're talking about like coding boot camp, right, Jordan? It. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, yeah. And so That's she she was like awesome. I love it. She's like I I would have cuz she had a masters in education mm-hmm. and she's like I don't really want to go the education route anymore and like like you know, learned how to code and turned it around and it's just like that feeling of like man, like I really help somebody. Like
0: Sweet. that
2: that that feeling is you can you can never, never right. money can never
1: replace that.
0: Yeah, you, it's it's magic. So uh, we want to get into this last uh, question here we have from QA from uh, Alp again. Uh, so how well do you speak Japanese? Uh, you want to kick us off on this one too, Alexander?
1: Yeah, sure. So, skoshy um, uh, this. So just a little bit. Uh, I go to classes, so I get to practice, but uh, the challenge with uh, learning a language is actually speaking it. So I have... Um, content recommendation i look forward to go mentioning. ahead go so, ahead what, what, yeah, what i just speak a little bit yeah so there's something called uh, the michelle okay. thomas method and um, they actually have these done cds that. that you can use and what's really cool oh you do. oh so you know the format maybe you can tell okay. us about <laughs> the format you're so good let me
0: at let me see it. if I, I i remember it's been probably five years but uh you correct me if i go wrong so it's basically yeah. a classroom of students and there's there's uh, a native speaker and it might be the same person as the teacher as well, but there's at least a native speaker, a teacher, uh and then a classroom, and they will go through these set phrases yeah. that are pretty beginner, like basic fundamental stuff that you need to mm-hmm. learn if you're going to you know not wind up in a ditch in japan uh and yeah they'll they'll do something like you know where are you going' And then the class will repeat back. Where are you going? That sort of thing. And then eventually there's like some call and response yeah. style things where they will say so- some phrase that will trigger some other phrase that you then repeat back. Is that about
1: right? Mm. Yeah, that's about right. But it's it's even more nuanced than that. So there is actually a um, teacher which is not a native speaker there. And, um, the students yep. do make mistakes so you can actually detect the mistakes. And if you do it uh, correctly, where you pause when they, uh, you get the question, you can go multiple directions. Like you could go from English to Japanese and then you mm-hmm. can go the other way around. Right. There are some cases where they say right. Japanese and then you figure out what the meaning is. And so it's like, you're building, building blocks and it's conversational, right? Of course. The pausing stuff is artificial, right? Where you click pause and then you answer. But still, you do get go through the oral practice. So I want to use that more. And I really felt like, at least for Korewa, Sorewa, and all of those, sure. you get to practice those, right? But I've only listened to the CD one. So I don't know how it gets after. Sorry,
0: afterwards with the further school resource. So, uh, Jordan, did you have anything to say on that? Uh, go ahead
2: the uh for, for the the question
0: uh yeah sure either either on that or around like how well do you speak oh. japanese um i
2: i speak it okay I, I don't know i i think it's okay i feel like i can communicate decently um i've i've used to live in japan so in 2014 i studied abroad and like that's where i like i felt like my speaking was like i was like fluid with it. it was like water almost and like now coming back it hasn't been the same it's it's definitely gone down but like I feel like if if I'm in a spot where people are speaking it and like the conversation is going and it's flowing my brain can jump back into that flow but it's you know I don't know yeah that's a, I don't I don't speak it on a regular basis I do want to that is one of my like 20 2021 goal is to like Take iTalki lessons or like find someone like whether it be a friend or like someone who I'm like really vibing with, and then I can just talk normally and regularly with them. But I I don't you know,
0: speak so too often. I I yeah most of the, you, you can hear in depth on uh, what Jordan and I did on our first episode, and it's it's kind of long, but it does cover the things that I found to be most impactful, like going through it. But I will say for me, like I spent four and a half years learning Japanese in traditional ways. And I look back at that being a complete waste of time. Well, not a complete waste, but at least mostly a waste of time until I started actually doing like native content for natives. And even if you don't understand, just keep going forward with it, just keep going. And that really comes from like the Ajat style of thing. <laughs> Matt vs. Japan has a lot of great content out there on how how to really think about language acquisition and so those those things are the things that helped me fundamentally change my japanese ability and get a lot better at it uh so where am i right now well mm-hmm. like i said four and a half years ish of like traditional ways and then i i bottlenecked or plateaued is i guess the right word and i couldn't get past like an n3 jlpt level so that's like basic intermediate stuff um i could have conversations already at that point i was doing like hour-long italki lessons like every day in japanese um that's but it was still really basic um then i went to japan for six months and i would do things like hour-long presentations about like software architecture and that sort of thing so it's like i had to get better but i'm still not good i'm still not fluent um I, I still make a lot of mistakes. Actually, just yesterday, met with a friend that um, speaks Japanese. She's actually native, and she started saying something to me in Japanese, and I, I responded back, and I was like, I was using like polite style of speaking, even though I didn't really need to. And it was just like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing weird things because I'm kind of six months out of practice not being over there. At the same time, my Japanese ability has actually gotten way better in the last six months that I've been back in the States. And the reason for that is because I've just been like immersing a complete crap ton. So like we're talking like five hours a day. So it's like I've been I've been making a lot of progress on my goal with Japanese. And so for me, it's not about how well can I speak it? It's more about how well can I understand it? And that's the part that I'm focusing in on. Uh, but, yeah, if there was a Japanese person here with us today, I could probably have a have an all right conversation with them. But there would definitely be right. p- spots where I am stopping. I'm saying, hey, I did not understand that. What do you mean by that? Can you say that a different way? And then things like, uh, like I just didn't understand you or I misunderstood you. Uh, things that already happen with English speaking, just way worse. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice. you guys have been long to uh, Japan like my um, Trips have only been like short like one two weeks at most And then I go back home.
0: Yeah, I've been over there five times now yeah, two months was uh, the two months time for time. you, Jordan oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it took oh. five trips over there and the fifth one was that six-month one Which was a deal with my work, which still I can't believe actually happened. So it was is pretty great. Oh, that's amazing yeah, yeah.
2: so I guess I'm trying to get like that. I've only been once.
0: I've only been once. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're going to have to go back and see how different it is for you, Jordan, because I mean, I'm sure you've gotten quite a bit better with all the reading you've done. So, yeah, uh, yeah. we're we're definitely uh, at a good point. I think with we've been going about an hour and a half, so like we can go ahead and start to wrap it. Oh, I guess I have cute Q- I have content recommendations too. Let's let's jump into some content recommendations then really wrap it up. Jordan, oh, yeah, do you yeah, have right, right. Do you have anything this time to recommend?
2: Um all I've been doing um what is it? The Promised Neverland, I've been reading that. Um The Demon Slayer just came out with this like second to
0: last book. I think it's 20, Wait, wait, second to last? The 20- Is it ending? Yeah. Yeah, it's over. Demon, it's demon slayer. Over. Yeah. What? I didn't. Yeah. Mind blown. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, I,
2: yeah, it's uh, it's like, volume twenty two is out. It just got released like this weekend, and then volume twenty three, I believe, is the final volume for sure. So I'm reading that one. Um, what else? Immersion. Uh, yeah, those are those are the only things I've been really reading. And um, oh, I I don't know if anyone's into video game stuff so like uh ign i just noticed they have a uh, they have a page in japanese it's like uh, ijp.ign.com or something like that that's been good and they also that's, have like a podcast that's what i was gonna say that was one of
0: the podcasts stuff, i so. found when you recommended been, listening to gaming yeah. podcasts in japanese that was
2: yeah 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 i've been listening to that and i'm like oh man this is mm-hmm. so good so uh yeah that's that's all cool.
0: I have so for, for uh for me i've one, once again, I will shout out uh, Doro Hidoro. So anything by I think her name is Q Hashida. Uh, but anyways, I got my, my Doro Hidoro hoodie on. If anybody can see it on the screen, and uh, it, it is a sweet hoodie. I got this in Japan. Uh, but anyways, Doro Hidoro is super violent, um, super gritty, heavy heavy metal in manga form, and uh, it's got references in it to like bands like Slipknot and stuff like that. Even though it's super Japanese. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool art in it, uh, gory, unique world, but then somehow it's a comedy too. So it's, it's, it's weird, it's unique, um, and that's completely wrapped up. That's about it's 23 great. volumes as well, actually, I believe. Um, and it also had an anime that covered the first half of it. So yeah, just dive into that. Uh, that's, that's really cool content. And right now being serialized is her new series, which is Die Dark um and that one is also that is dorohedoro in space uh so that one's pretty cool also she helped work on this one game called makin x uh which i think she did a manga for it but it's like by the people who made persona i think but it was on sega dreamcast and it is a first person sword slasher so it's still fps but it's like first persons with swords so i haven't played that but i was like whoa So. Oh,
2: Do they have personas in that I, game? I, think I, don't I don't know. know.
0: I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. It's, it's old okay. Okay. and it had artwork that was from the dude yeah. who did the persona artwork. But anyways, yeah, that's uh, okay. that author. It's, it's a female too, which is also interesting that she's made some of the goriest, most gruesome content. So so check that out. She's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. So wrapping things up. Um, Alexander, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, so uh, if you want to make flashcards much easier and uh, you use Notion or are curious, you can go to toanki.net and check out our project there. I'm on Twitter at, um, yeah, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but we'll probably yes, have sir. some links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so that's how you can find me. And if you're struggling with Anki, just send me a message and I'll try to cheer you up. I can be your cheerleader. <laughs> I know how hard it can be. And uh, yeah, so don't give up. You can do it. I believe in you. So if I had oh, yeah, one yeah, advice, yeah. Well, let, let, do, let me, let do me, that let me ask the question
0: I... and then, then uh, yeah, you hit us with that answer, all right? No, no, you're good. You're good. Sorry. <laughs> so what's one piece of advice? So, so yeah, what Alexander is alluding to is that I would like to ask our guests a consistent question about learning. So the question is, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone on the path to learning a new skill? So Alexander, please.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, so um, one thing that... Uh, is really difficult when you're learning is that if you're doing it alone, and that's very common if you're learning a new skill, so you don't know what you're doing. So if the skill set you're learning is for the long-term or it takes time to learn it, usually, if it, if it doesn't take that much time, you can learn it fast. Right. But if it takes a while, then try to break down the skill you're trying to learn and try to do it as early as possible. And when doing it, ask yourself, very early like what is it that you can improve related to that skill just one small improvement every day and then you can follow something the japanese people call kaizen so you can do it continuously just a little bit kaizen is not something you do it's something you be like you become like you make it a part it's end you, you'll keep on doing it so try to just do one thing to improve in that skill set every day just a small thing doesn't have to be big and if you want to have something bigger make it a little bit bigger than one thing but try to do just one thing or to develop the skill if it makes sense yeah. for life.
0: <laughs> there you go that's 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 great thanks so much for sharing that thank you so much again for being the first uh person on the show uh jordan as always uh where can we find you
2: um twitter just beat it, super saiyan um i like or be ssj i can't remember what i called anywhere it's down below <laughs> if, if you're looking at it it's, it's also going to be in the
0: show yeah. notes um i'm yeah. uh at congee eater uh congee eater everywhere so uh say hi to me as well like i said we've got our own patreon now as well so you guys can help support uh jordan and myself on our endeavors of having conversations with interesting people like Alexander. So, again, Alexander, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we'll go ahead and nice uh, uh, wrap up our a successful fourth podcast. Thank you.